Hello and welcome. I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. And this is Knee Deep in Tech, episode 13 Third? and a half. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Simon basically came barging in and said, we got to do another episode. And I said, what? We're not scheduled to do another episode until next Thursday or Friday. No, but I just saw the keynote. Yeah, the and second keynote. The second keynote. And well, here we are. Yeah. So yesterday, day two at Build, mm. we had the two-hour keynote on Windows. The marathon keynote. That's the short one. The first one was three hours. Oh, dear. Right. And that That's too much. I'd like, say it is, yes. Yeah. So two hours of Windows fun with Terry Myerson, Joe Belfiore, welcome back, and Alex Kipman. There you go. That's an interesting combination of people. Yeah. So let's start off with perhaps the dumbest Windows name ever. Oh, I think you're talking about the Fall Creators Update. Or Failed Creators Update. The Failed Creators Update. Or the Failed Creators Update? No, not Failed. Okay. But it's complex as it is. Right. Did you know that they are changing the current branch names as well? I had no idea. Uh, they had a Ask Me Anything session a few oh. days ago okay. on Windows as a Service. Right. And Michael Niehaus said that they are changing current branch and current branch for business to something else. I haven't read up about it, but it's something like biannual update. Yada oh, yada. God. So it took two years for people to understand it. And oh. now they changed the name of right, it. Right, right. And to make it even more complex, we now have the creators update and then the full creators update. And I'm I'm pretty sure that it's supposed to be the failed creators update, not not the failed update per se, but that the, would the make failed sense. creators. That makes sense. I'm one of them. Yeah, me as well. There you go. Yeah. So, but anyways, the full creators update. Mm-hmm. I there there has to be some logic about it. I'm sure it is. But anyways, it will be released. Probably at Ignite. Mm. Which, by, incident, by by strange circumstances, I won't be attending. I'm not bitter. But you would have been away for like five straight weeks abroad if you attended Ignite. I know. Yeah, and it's it was your choice not to go. I know. I, I decided not to go, but I'm still somewhat miffed that I can't go. Yeah, go anyways. That would probably mean a divorce. So moving on. Bring your wife. Oh yeah, she loves the U.S. <laughs> no, it's Florida. Mm. Anyways. Yeah. So that's great, and they introduced a lot of stuff yesterday. They did. They did indeed. First of all, the you're dropping news that iTunes will be available in the Microsoft Store or Windows Store. Nobody saw that coming. As an app. Right. The thing is that um, it would be great if it could suck less in the the App Store, but I don't think it can. It it will be the exact same app. Which means it will suck in exactly the same ways. Yes. But, and you know the reason why they are doing this. Why they suck? No. Oh, no. Why, why they put it in the store? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Windows 10s? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, if we get... And, and to get Google Chrome would be even more jaw-dropping. But, but it, actually, they made uh, a Chrome app for Windows 8. 
I was just about to say that it's it's just a matter of time. Do you believe so? Yes, absolutely. And I'm 100% sure that we will see Chrome, uh, we will see uh, Firefox. Everything we need is going to be available on Windows 10s. Yeah, hopefully. I'm, that, I'm that sure that's that's one of the, the game um, changer. One of the absolute important things to get Windows 10s to fly. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So that's one great thing. And apart from that, we got a lot of other things. They started off with a half an hour discussion on love and engagement. And as I told you this morning, what you do with your computer at night is your business. I actually have a few horrible stories on that subject that we'll leave for some other time. I don't think that's fit for public consumption, really. No. Okay. Anyways. So they basically, in one sentence, declared the end of the platform wars. Right. And also said that other platforms will be assimilated. Pre- yeah. Prepared to be assimilated. It, it's, it's the end of a war if the other side decides to fold. Yeah. But anyways... Or let me put it this way. Microsoft does this mm-hmm. because they realize that their revenue in the future will come from cloud and apps, not from Windows. Yep. And yeah, Google, of course, sells quite a lot of software and mm-hmm. services as well. Mm-hmm. But Apple doesn't really. Or do they? You're asking me. Um <laughs> They're not a software company in that perspective. So for Apple, this probably is a good thing. And you can see that by getting iTunes in store. Because then people will buy iPhones and iPads, perhaps Macs, and get the value from a Windows app service, get the value from Windows 10 on their preferred device. So Apple will gain a lot of momentum, or they have a lot of momentum, but even more momentum in their device sales. And you still get access to iTunes and stuff, which is probably where they earn their money. And you get access to all the Apple apps, but with the added benefit of Windows. I see the logic. Yeah. With Android, it's it's a completely different thing because they, or Google, because they actually have competing apps and services. Well, even if it's not Apple necessarily that's competing with apps and services, all the people that create a, a, Apple apps yeah. do. But they have really nothing to lose. It's not like Microsoft will be preventing, as we saw later on in the keynote. They no. want yeah. people yeah. to yeah. develop iOS apps. Fair enough. But still, they, they want them to do that with Visual Studio. Right. And I think the thing we saw with the Samarin Live Player, mm-hmm. sorry about that, is really neat. Yeah. And I, I understand what you, you had some thoughts on that until you understand what it really did yeah my my first thought was okay so i opened the xamarin live 
app. Then I can run a Visual Studio application from within it. And I said, oh yeah, this is gonna suck royally. Yeah. And you just smiled. And when you smile, I get scared. So what what we saw was a live debugging and, and development session. Yeah. And then when it's done, you, you compile, compile it. it and ship it up to the, the App Store. Yeah. Question, can you ship it straight to the, um, the uh, handset or the, the phone or the, the, the iPad, whatever, without going by App Store? You can, I believe, but it requires quite a lot of work with iOS. It's possible to sideload apps, but you basically have to jailbreak the device. Hmm. I, I guess. Because I was thinking, can I use Visual Studio to create apps uh, for my company without having to put them in the App Store? That's, it, it's I, possible I don't think... to do that today. Yeah, it, it is, but it's not simple. It's a lot easier to put it in the store. Right. I would say. Hmm. Yeah, so, and speaking of that, all the amazing stuff they talked about yesterday for cross-platform collaboration. Yeah. So let's start with the the thing I really liked and that people will love. Mm -hmm. And and they, they introduced it with everyone that ever have copied something from a web page to email it to yourself to get it on your phone. Yeah. And 100% of the audience <laughs> raised their hands. Yeah. Now you get cross-device clipboard using that's... the Swift keyboard thing. You, that That's an, something you need. Swift keyboard? Yeah, the Microsoft keyboard on iOS. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. That, that's okay. Yeah, so you can copy something on your Windows machine and paste it on your iPhone. Mm. in Google Maps. Mm. That's that's uh, that will be Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. It, when when they introduced the um I shouldn't say the same functionality but the same ish functionality with with um I don't know what it's called anymore on on Mac. Yeah. It was very nice. Yeah. And this is going to be amazing. I'm very much looking forward. Can yeah. we have the full creators update now please? You can get the Redstone 3 Insider Previews. Yeah, I've heard but so much good things about the, the uh, Insider Previews from you. You've been so happy. Yeah, but still, I, I, I can't complain on the stability of a fostering Insider Preview. Because so why do you? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. no. And, and to be honest, they, they compile, they install fine. Yeah. Usually they run fine. Yeah, and they, I, they do. And, and I love the fact that I can access a fostering. Yeah. So we have that. We have the thing where you can go back in time and pick up where you left off in an app mm. in a document also that across devices mm. uh, and you actually have this project roam stuff where you can start working on a document in word for example on your iphone mm. open word on your pc and pick up at the exact same spot in this exact same document yeah and, and it will, of course, require some time getting used to, I believe. Oh, definitely. With uh, the um, one of the um, Mac OS updates, they decided to completely change how files are saved. Yeah. As in, they don't. Yeah. As in, this is done automatically. Yeah. 
there was a public outcry yeah. before people started realizing, hey, this is a good idea. Yeah, and it works. And it works, exactly, it yeah. works. And I'm, I'm quite sure that you're on the same, you're on track here, it's, the same, it's gonna be the same kind of issues. Yeah, probably. Moving on from that to something that we have wished would happen for so long, OneDrive gets placeholders back again. As, as in stubs. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's kind of. Wow. So you can see anything in your OneDrive mm. and on-demand sync them. Can, so I, can I do it the other way? When I've synced it and I've decided, that okay, I'm not going to be needing this for a while. Yeah. Can, oh. so, you, so you can on-demand choose to have a file only in the cloud, synced always on disk, synced to all devices, and so on. And what it enables, apart from you saving a lot of disk space and time and ease of changing devices, mm -hmm. is that you actually, and they showed it yesterday, you can have a OneDrive that's six terabytes in size in the cloud mm -hmm. and have access to all the files on demand on any device. Yeah, so the, the only question that I have is, can I have multiple OneDrive accounts? Yeah, you you can have one private and one corporate, and you can synchronize other accounts as well. Yes. Okay, so I could have. Yeah, that's it's 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 a SharePoint thing. Oh dear. You can sync, but OneDrive is SharePoint. I know, which is a bit dirty, but that's another story. Yeah, kind of, but it it's it will be work. Great, and we are almost there when we will get block level sync. So block level delta sync in OneDrive as well. So why now it's just file then? Yeah, it's files, and that's uh, something that's hard to work with if you have very large files. Yeah, that's one of the very few reasons why some users may not be able to move everything to OneDrive. For example, if you're working with oh, yeah. 3D yeah. things yeah. and you need to synchronize the entire file if you make a small change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Movies, that's going to hurt you. Yeah, when we get block-level synchronization. Any idea when? This year. Wow. Yeah, so they, they are working on it. Cool. It could be available in some kind of preview. I'm hmm. not sure. I, I know they are working on it. Right, right. So, please pick a subject. Uh, mixed reality. Mixed reality. Yeah. And the um, the shot across the bow for the um, PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, we're going to look at your PlayStation VR and say no. It's twice as much money with half the amount of usability. And as far as I understand, the hardware is... The, the hand controls are connected to the device in some way. So yeah, you can't they're connected just, to the base device. To yes. the base device, so you yeah. can't just move around. No. Which you will be able to do with Acer. That was pretty interesting. I mean, connecting your hand controllers to the headset yeah. as opposed to the, the um, controlling computer. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty clever. Yeah, it is. And it's it's cheap. 400 ish. Cheap. Sure, yeah, it's, it's still 400 bucks. Yeah, but. but 400 bucks for a headset and hand controls mm -hmm. that you can use to your Xbox, your Scorpio, mm. and your, PC. your PCs. Yeah. 
PC or a... Yeah, because you can move around. You, you can de-plug. <laughs> but it's going to be interesting to see how long it's going to take before the uh, GPU revolution on, on laptops comes along. But look at like the... Um, what's the name of the Razer Blade? Yes, but that's a very specialized machine. It's it's a gamer machine. Yeah, it's it's gamer machine. And it's heavy as shit. Yeah. But it's it's designed that way, so it's yeah. it's okay. But I'm I'm thinking, the Surface Book. Yep. That was pretty much the uh, the first preview. Yep. But say a Surface Pro Five or Surface Pro Six, the same size, the same price point, but with a dedicated uh, virtual reality or mixed reality processor. I haven't tried it out with the Intel Iris platform, mm-hmm. but that could be making a difference. You you won't get the 4K super high-end mm. graphics, but it will probably be able to run simpler mixed reality yeah. applications. And then things actually do move forward. I mean, when I started out, we had the, the, uh, the CG, the color graphics array, yeah. and we have the enhanced graphics array, and then, oh dear, that was old. Yeah. And I have, have the, this thing with external graphic cards mm-hmm. will that ever be a thing for normal people for mainstream um it's a, it's a good question i mean they they were popularized by the the max yeah and that was pretty much by necessity since you couldn't fit any cards yeah. into a mac and when the lightning connector came out it enabled the whole thing of, of um, um, pretty much a um, a PCI at the other end of a of a, yep. uh, of a cable, <clears throat> but to answer your question, no, I don't think so. Yep. I have enough things to carry in my bag as it is, and considering the fact that you have three times as much in your bag, no, I would not want to have just walk around with a huge ass. But but you PCI. won't walk around with it. You will have it on your desktop. <clears throat> then I see well. If you move it from a standalone box to a dock or similar, that would, then we're going to talk. Yeah, that, that would actually be neat. That would actually be very neat. Yeah. So a serious dock at home with, with the punchy GPU thingy. Yeah, because and I, looking at the HoloLens, we know that graph... or through. I'm sorry. Valid, valid. Looking at the HoloLens, ah. it doesn't need a punchy. No, but graphic. that's a very, very, very powerful graphics yeah. engine in itself. Yeah, but it's 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 tiny. It's you tiny, should be able to fit the same kind of holographic sure, GPU. But what's, what's the price point for the um, uh, the HoloLens? Yeah, it would be me? it would be interesting to know how much of that price that's actually the holographic GPU. Yeah, I would say quite a lot. Probably since it's completely new technology. On the other hand, things that start out pretty expensive have yeah. a funny way of becoming pretty cheap. SSDs, for instance. Yeah, and and because I, I know we have colleagues that are working on this kind of MR, VR, AR things. Mm-hmm. And, and they are working from the consumption that you need to have cables. And, and you do with the mixed reality headsets. Still? Yeah. At the moment? But in my world, isn't it a lot better to... Because if, if you have a room, 
where you're running MR, VR, AR, whatever. Yeah. And ah. you need to install some kind of bumper car construction. We have talked about this previously. Yep, yep. In the roof. Wouldn't it be so much easier and perhaps not cheaper, but the value added with an integrated device like HoloLens should be a lot better. Yep. So I, it's great. And I know that the price point drops tenfold when you have a USB connection or whatever. Mm. But I, I don't see that as... That's not the future. It's an enablement to get people to write apps. Yeah, it, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. And I mean, st- still the, the issue is bandwidth over uh, wireless tra- transfer. Yeah. But we're, we're getting there. Yeah, and, and when you can virtualize apps, VR apps, VR environments in the cloud, stream it to uh, integrated device, then we're there. Yes, and I'm... I I see a bit of an issue there since um, it's it's a latency issue. It's a latency. Issue. I don't think it's any other issue other than latency at the moment. No, no, no. But considering the fact that Azure Edge, yeah. So hello, yeah. That could be, be interesting. Yeah, yeah, and 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 also because I know that Citrix are moving into UDP rather than TCP. Yeah, that. Could make a difference. Could make a difference. Yes, it, it could. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So that's mixed reality. Mm-hmm. We we really need to. We we actually are using our service hub as yeah. a notebook, and it goes into. It goes to sleep on. It goes to sleep. Right. Uh, oh, I know. Oh, go ahead. The uh, the new design. Fluent design. Fluent design. The new metro I saw. <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah. It looks great. And it makes sense. Yeah, light was the first one. So it's light, scale, depth, movement, movement. and... Ah. It's one more thing. Uh, um, uh, um, fluent, not fluid. It's um, structure. Right, materials. Right. Materials. And I really liked it. I especially like the light thing, which makes a lot of sense if you ever have tried a HoloLens, because that already works a lot with light. Mm. You, you see what you look at, things pop with light, and I really like it. Uh, the materials part, it's a bit too much of... Windows 7 Arrow look. I, I like it, but it's not really new to me. I believe that they will do a lot of other things with it. They had a demo with like acrylic boxes that bounced and stuff. Hmm. So I think you can do a lot more with materials. Hmm. And moving on when you get like this, as you have on your iPhone and other stuff with... 3D Touch. 3D Touch, yep. yes. I think that will be... Then, then materials will be a lot more, of a lot more importance when you get that kind of feedback. Mm, the the haptic and, and tactic feedback is is interesting. Yeah. Now, but it's uh, it's it's time to step up the UI game. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But as as always, it's it's new. Yeah. It's going to take some time getting used to. Yeah. It will. 
But I like it. I think it's a step in the right direction. I, I would like to, moving on from that, I would like to talk about things they didn't say anything about. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't mention Windows on ARM in the keynote. No, but I saw a lot of in- information on Twitter and, and Slashdot. Yeah, they, they, it's possible that I have released, I haven't, to be completely honest, didn't have time to read up on it. But, yeah, and this is in a way old news. That, that could be, <clears throat> Alexander is reading on Windows 10 on ARM will support x86 apps from outside the store. Yeah. And it, it basically means, yeah, you will be able to run your existing apps on it. But that's how I understood it from the beginning. Because people are confusing the Project Centennial apps with the ordinary applications. So in, in my world, when you say that it will support x86 apps, for me, that's install an XE. If you say it will run Windows for a store apps from the Windows Store, mm-hmm. that for me means native UVP apps or desktop bridge converted apps. Right. And and I don't see to my knowledge, apart from Windows phones, of course, there aren't any Windows platform that only will allow you to run native UVP apps. So Win- Windows 10S will let you run Centennial apps. Mm. And native UVP apps. Mm. And it would be insane not to, because that was the point of the desktop bridge. Right. But I, I, I'm actually a bit disappointed on that. And it will, it could have something to do. It, it would make sense to get to know more about Windows 10 and ARM on the May 23rd event right. that they will host in Shanghai. Yep, yep. That would make sense. Um, and it didn't show off anything around Seashell. Fluent, yes, but not with the new mobile experience. No. That will but be. it's... And, and Kipman also said that the mixed reality is the new thing for mobile. Yeah, but, and we're not done with build yet, are we? Yeah, they will. They, I don't think they will release anything new or announce anything more now. Okay. They, they are basically done. They have one other virtual keynote on robots and stuff later on today. Okay. So we can basically just go home and lick our wounds for a while. Yeah. And also, very few news on Office 365. That I can agree on. Yeah. We, we got OneDrive. We got a lot of things in Graph. We got some in Teams and a lot of integration, but yeah. not really news. And I wonder when they'll release that kind of things because they they should release something prior to ignite i was just about to say that i think the the answer there is ignite since yep. we had a ton of, of releases at last ignite yeah i mean the the whole uh, threat analytics package yeah, 365 yeah. And, and so on and so forth so i think the 365 stuff is going to be packaged at ignite yep. but in this case we have the um the integration part with Teams, as you yep. said, and OneDrive and stuff like that here on the dev side. Yeah, but it's 365 has always been uh, on the fence. It's not an uh, IT ops thing. It's not a dev thing. It's it's both. Yeah, and it's amazing. Yeah. Now, I know that you you, you are 
the Linux and Unix guy of us two. Mm. I like penguins. You like Linux. Mm. So they yesterday announced that we'll get Ubuntu in the store, mm-hmm. Theodora and SUSE. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that's quite huge. And I, do, do you have any, any input on that? How will, will, will I as a vanilla Windows user and Windows geek have any benefit of that? Or is it only to attract Linux people to use Windows? Sorry to... <laughs> my guess, and this is... He pretty much put me on the spot here. Yeah. My guess is no. Uh, if you're a Windows guy, you probably won't have any obvious use for the, the Linux stuff. If you're a Linux user today and you'd like to use some of your Linux apps or yep. services or whatever on Windows, you're you're going to be quite excited. But the other way around, no, not at the moment. And I'd love for any listener to come up with a way to prove me wrong here. Yeah, are, are there any tools that you can run on Linux on Windows that would be of benefit for me as a Windows and well, there, PowerShell there, user? There might be some uh, freeware or um, stuff yep. on Linux that is not free on Windows. I can't come up with any from the top of my head, but I'm quite sure there are a few things that are simply not available on, on Windows. Yep. So that might be it. On the other hand, is it too difficult to get it to run on Windows? I don't know. I haven't looked at this yet. Yep. So I think that was a good wrap-up of the keynote from day two at Build. Yeah. I, I think it's great that I as an IT pro, can watch the keynote and get things. And I I think build for IT pros, many IT pros don't realize that they would benefit from watching and perhaps going to build. No, I, 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 I agree. And I think they've managed to, they, they managed to do a very good job of getting IT pros stuff to use. Yeah. They have not done a very good job at enticing IT pros to actually come. They didn't tell anyone that this is going to be for everyone. But yeah, I I agree. This is uh, going to be a a conference that I might just might go to next time. Yeah, and it's in Seattle. I would love to go to Seattle. I haven't been there yet. I've been there a couple of times and it's a great city. Yep, good. All right. That was episode 13 and a half. 13 and a half. And next week, it's going to be the actual real 14. Yep. See you then. Bye. Bye.